0: Welcome to this episode of Print Run. My name is Eric Kane, and with me as always is Laura Zatz. Say hello, Laura.
1: Hello, everyone.
0: Today is November 21st, uh, the week of Thanksgiving, um, and we've got a great episode for you today. But first, let's get into some housekeeping, huh?
1: Absolutely. So the first thing is that we are going to be taking next week off
0: Mm -hmm. because
1: we are both traveling and eating lots and lots of turkey. So if you come to your little podcast app next week, you won't see another episode from us and it's okay. We're not going anywhere. We're just taking a week off. Yeah. Second thing, um, it's almost December, which means it's time to plan our special content episodes. If you've been around before, you know about these, but if you haven't, we do two writer oriented special episodes a month. Our first one is December 15th. This is our query show, which involves a line by line critique of queries submitted to us specifically for this purpose. Our second show is on December 29th, so right to close out the year and it's a first pages show. So we critique the first page of a manuscript. Pretty self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, one thing to note is that these two episodes, we did our first version of them in November. And those were free and available to the public. If you liked it and you got a lot out of it, um, our December episodes are available only to our Patreon subscribers. So Patreon is a artist-based crowdfunding platform. And it's we're using it to host our well, do our hosting. And <laughs> isn't that funny how that works? Um, so if you want to give those a listen and if you want to, you know, if you submit your your query or your first page and you want to hear it actually gone through, then you'll have to become a patron on there. And if you want to submit your query or your first page, then send it to us in an email at printrunpodcast at gmail.com.
0: Yes, um, those, those will be good. Um, so should we start with news? Yes. What do we got?
1: I I would love to know. So it's twenty one days into November. Mm-hmm. You don't have a beard. So <laughs> that means you I
0: totally I totally forgot that was the thing. That is the first mention of No really? Shave November that I've heard this entire month.
1: Well, that's because you haven't been doing No Shave November. You've been doing yeah, national novel writing. I haven't, I haven't month.
0: even heard of we'll get to we'll get to the
1: Okay. R- all right, fine. Let's we'll talk get- about No Shave November. <laughs>
0: no, we'll we'll get to the pertinent topic here in a second. I haven't heard a single person talk about beards all month. Really? Yeah.
1: Is it have beards become too mainstream?
0: I don't know. I don't know. Maybe I've become too mainstream. Maybe. And the beards are like over in cool land
1: still. Uh, you know one thing. So my my so we're ditching town and going to Mexico for Thanksgiving because tradition. Yeah,
0: I'm jealous of that.
1: Um so my fiance is actually growing out his beard right now because he's gonna shave it into a mustache oh, God. come Thursday. So he's 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 doing the opposite of No Shave November, and is growing out his face specifically to to have a porn stash.
0: He he may have outthought himself I've, this time, Eric. Um, I've
1: never seen his jawline.
0: Yeah, that's no good.
1: No, I'm I'm terrified. We <laughs> might not be engaged at the end of this yeah, no, simply <laughs> because of chins.
0: <laughs> yeah. So, but you you asked about uh, National Novel Writing Month. I did. And how it was going? Yes. It's going poorly. Really? Yeah. No, I haven't. I haven't, It's been. It's been bad, man. I mean, I. I haven't been as disciplined as I've wanted to be. I haven't um, been as regimented. I haven't been as focused. I mean, I guess like a bunch of like world things have happened, and you know, we've had an election and a bunch of stuff like that. So it's like I got a little like unfocused and like started writing a bunch of other stuff that um, you know is not the novel. And And you were
1: just going to finish your book, Oh, it's almost done.
0: Yeah, no, I don't even need to write the whole book. No, I set the bar as low (laughs) as you could possibly set it, and I am coming in woefully underneath. Um, So that's good. The
1: important question stands, how clean is your kitchen?
0: Oh, it's very clean. Yeah, no, I definitely, um, you know, as we were saying the last time we talked about this, my chores all get done when I've decided it's time to do some writing. Um, so everything in my house is perfectly spotless. Everything works. All the My home is a great place to be. It's just not really a place where any actual work in terms of creative writing is getting done, nice. so that's good, yeah.
1: Nice. Would you like to come do chores at my house? Yeah,
0: absolutely not. <laughs> um, <laughs> yeah. Fine. Yeah, so that's, all right. that's the NaNoWriMo update. I hope that you all are doing better than me. I'm sure that many of you are based on what I'm seeing out in the world, I saw
1: a couple people who last week finished their book. Yeah, this no, is fifty thousand words people, in thirty days. I want to
0: like audit those people. <laughs> I want to know what they. I would. I want to see like a breakdown of like their daily responsibilities and and things like of that nature.
1: I think one of them was in high school.
0: Yeah, see. But even then you still got to like go like, to school. High school's hard. <laughs> yeah. Like I didn't have that much free time in high school. And they were
1: like still on social media and like doing all sort I know like Plus, three like, every people time, that finished.
0: Every time you start writing like mom calls you for dinner and shit. Like it's terrible. Like you can't have that.
1: It's better than having to make dinner yourself. Yeah, that's true. But it's not great.
0: That's the advantage. Honestly, if someone was making me dinner every night, I would I would be done. With my novel. It, making dinner has cost me 70,000 words this November.
1: <laughs> well, clearly. you you have nine days left. Yeah. You have nine days left. I can left. turn
0: this thing around. You can turn can, this we around. We can make a comeback.
1: You can do this. All right, I'll do you it. You can do this. I believe in you. <laughs> Everyone out there who's doing NaNo also and has fallen off the tracks. Yeah. Print Run believes in you.
0: Yeah, well, that's just the two of us. So.
1: <laughs> <laughs> and the gong. The gong, oh, yeah. Believes, yeah, the in gong, the gong believes in you. The gong does. The gong believes in you. See, now this would be a really good time nope, to actually not doing hit it. the gun. Not
0: doing I'm it. Saving it. All right. Saving it.
1: Okay, so moving on. Mm-hmm. Uh I would like to talk about the National Book Awards, yeah. which the NBA, which is Eric's second favorite thing that starts with those initials.
0: Yes, definitely. Definitely his <laughs> second favorite thing. Yeah. That's so the a good National
1: point. Book Awards are self-explanatory. Mm-hmm. Um, they're chosen, they're they're awards that are chosen by jury and by the National Book Foundation. And they last week had their big awards mm-hmm. gala, which uh, we were woefully not invited to.
0: Yeah. Why didn't we get an invite? I feel that they should have given us a stage. They should have made, given us a chance to do a live show.
1: They should have had us MC it instead of comedian Larry Wilmore.
0: Yeah. We I mean, would have made better jokes. No no offense to Larry Wilmore, but like we, we should have been up there. It should have been us like in the black tie dress code doing all the stuff. And now we had to just read about it on the news, like all the all the common folk. Yeah. Like so. Larry
1: like we would have done better than Larry. Larry actually this is one of the quotes that made it into the yeah, New yeah, York yeah, Times.
0: Yeah, yeah. Oh, he got a New York Times write. Everyone's getting a write-up oh. except us. Okay, great. Yeah,
1: yep. So, so he said two things of note, which yeah. I really enjoy. So, the big thing to note about um the National Book Awards this year mm-hmm. is that it was totally um dominated by writers who write about politics and race and identity, and three of them are black. Mm-hmm. So that's super exciting in and of itself. It's kind of a momentous occasion. yeah, so Larry Wilmore was leaning into that quite a bit, and mm-hmm. this was directly following the election, of course. And so he said, after everyone is has gotten their awards, and it's very clear that three out of the four people are black, and then the one person who isn't um is from Chile. Mm-hmm. <laughs> he's He's a Chile Chilean American. So he said one, the National Book Foundation is woke.
0: Oh hell yeah, that's what we need—is more of that.
1: Yep. And then he concluded this ceremony <laughs> by, like, with joking about the prominence of like black authors uh-huh. that that won, obviously, because there's 75 mm-hmm. percent of them. He said, "This concludes BET presents the National Book Awards with special guest <laughs> Robert Caro, who was the guy that won like the Life Minute Lifetime Achievement right, Award." Right. In the words of Kendrick Lamar, "We gonna be all right."
0: Wow, look at that. I know. I can't so how many uh, real quick how many layers removed are we from from Kendrick Lamar? We've got you quoting a guy quoting Kendrick Lamar.
1: Well, no, me quoting the New York Times article <laughs> quoting the guy <laughs> Quoting Kendrick <laughs> Lamar. Wow,
0: it's just as good as the album. Yeah, um, yeah.
1: So we add Kevin Bacon in there, and we're so, still under six degrees. So
0: what? Tell us what book won the uh, fiction. The fiction.
1: Award. Uh, well, it was Colson Height. Uh, Colson Whitehead's The Underground Railroad.
0: Yes, it was. Um, that's a great book. You should all read it. But you've more, read it. I have read it, and I, if you recall, during our very first episode when we were making the Man Booker picks, which um, I don't know if you recall Laura, but I got the I got that one right. Um, we know. I, I I said that the my one hesitation with picking the Paul Beatty uh, novel, The Sellout, which won the Man Booker, was that I thought that the Colson Whitehead book was going to win the National Book Award. That Oprah was going to Oprah was going to get it for us. So a little and,
1: bit of background, folks. Oprah picked this book for her book club yeah. this year. And this book was originally scheduled to drop in September. Mm-hmm. And then Oprah called up Double Day, which is a Penguin Random House imprint, yeah. and said, I want this out in August because I want to put it on my book club. Yeah. I want the sticker. Like, yeah. we're going to do all this yeah. stuff. And then Penguin Random House said, sure.
0: <laughs> yeah, no, I mean, when Oprah, when Oprah calls, you do it. That's yeah. basically the one rule of book publishing that everyone seems to know how to follow. So um, it's... Yeah, no, I mean, honestly, it's a really good book. Everyone should go read it. Um, it's, you know, if you haven't heard about it by now, you, I mean, I feel like most people who are listening to this probably have, but um, it's a book about a literal railroad underground. Um, it's a reimagining of the underground railroad as an actual railroad. Yeah. And, um, it's very powerful. It's very good. Um, Whitehead is obviously quite the good writer. And check it out. But I was I was happy to see that it won. I thought that it might. Um, I think it deserves to win. And Clearly,
1: Oprah is more of a magician than we thought. Maybe next year she'll be picking Well, then you
0: thought. I think Nobel Oprah Prize. is like a literal wizard. <laughs> <laughs> like, like, I don't know where. I mean, yeah, I don't know. I'm into it.
1: She's good at picking books and then like her favorite robe of the year to <laughs> give to her entire audience and then maybe <laughs> also a car. To read book in, yeah. Yeah, and then maybe also a car. Yeah. Um, one thing of note also with the National Book Awards that I'm really excited about is that in the... Uh, young people's literature, which is mm-hmm. the the like children's side, um, which includes fiction and nonfiction, a graphic memoir, which I didn't even know was a thing. It's
0: hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. It's a graphic memoir yes. that won a children's.
1: That won so, the children's people's, the young people's literature yeah. prize from the National Book Award. Uh-huh. So this this is, you know, the, the more common term is graphic novel, except it's not a graphic novel. It's a graphic memoir because it's not a novel.
0: Vey. I vey.
1: <laughs> I don't know about any
0: of this. I don't this, know about any this of this. This just
1: made Eric very <laughs> tired. Um, but so this, this book, it's the third of a three-part memoir series. Uh-huh. And it's called March, and it's it was written, um, it, it's about the life of Representative John Lewis, who is a congressman out of Georgia. Oh, it's the John Lewis book. Yeah, the John oh, Lewis I book. Oh, I didn't
0: realize this was, I didn't connect those dots. Yep, okay. yep. So John Lewis
1: yeah. um, is, is very famous, you know, as a as a politician, as a lawmaker, as an advocate. He was really, really big in the civil rights movement. Mm-hmm. And so the best part, I think, of the entire ceremony is that when yeah. he got up to do his acceptance speech... He talked about how in 1956, when he was 16 years old, his like his family couldn't afford books. Mm -hmm. And so he went to the library and he wasn't able to get a library card because it wasn't for coloreds. It was only it was a whites only library. Wow. And like to go from there and especially in like this time in eight, like it was very powerful. There are videos online.
0: That's uh, so. I guess you know now that I know who the author is. I suppose he can have a a graphic memoir, three part series. Three part, yeah. It was a
1: three book. So this one, so
0: (laughs) there were not very many names that you could give me where I would think that that was a good idea.
1: Yeah. So print run, print run. Before we launched, we'd like to tell you that we were just this good originally, but we had a few practice episodes, and one of our practice episodes was going through the 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 shortlist of the Young People's Literature National Book Awards. And I was convinced that this one wasn't going to win yeah. because it was the third book of a series. Yeah. And it was a graphic novel and there's no, or it was a graphic memoir. And there's no way that that would happen. And it did and it's exciting and it like totally should yeah. have happened. So yeah. that makes me feel a little bit like an asshole like three months ago. And because I was convinced that like there's no way that this could be popular.
0: Well, it's the one thing we know about this show, right? Is that all your predictions are wrong and all my predictions are correct.
1: I would say that I'm mad at you about that, but it's absolutely accurate.
0: That's a joke. I, I mean, it, that. I guess technically it's not a joke, but I don't mean. I don't We've mean only it done one this. so far. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that's the thing. We gotta get. We gotta get more predictions going. Yeah. That way we
1: we, we gotta get more predictions. We gotta yeah. do more bets. Yeah. That was fun. All
0: right. We'll find another thing to bet.
1: We're, oh, we're getting there.
0: Okay. So. We've got a we've got some news, uh, some other book news that we wanted to talk it's a, about. It's today. a newsy week. It's it is a newsy. It's it's good. I feel like we're gonna have a lot of newsy weeks in the in the weeks ahead. Um, but this was something that I think we both, when we saw it, we both wanted to talk about immediately, but we couldn't last week because there were more prevalent things to talk about. Um, but um, the Penguin Random House offering student loan repayment. Um, to younger employees
1: yeah so just if you don't know about this if you're not like reading the trades yeah like we are um penguin random house which is you know after penguin and random house merged it's the largest publisher in the country mm-hmm. um one of the largest publishers in the world they instituted a loan repayment program that's going to start in january yeah it's for full-time employees who have worked there for a year or more Uh and so what they do is every year they give you a repayment of $1,200 or up to $1,200 for seven years seven and a half years so that means that they'll give you a total of $9,000 over the years to repay your student loans directly Mm -hmm. so normally you know like when you think about it on the surface you say hey that's great and exciting and that's nice because my student loan bill is not great yeah but on the other hand, this this is doing something really exciting. Um, this is opening up publishing to people who have student loans. Yeah,
0: so that's it's such, <laughs> it's such a fundamental thing. Um, I, I mean, it's a fundamental thing to a lot of industries right now, right? It's all you know, employees, especially you know those of us you know, kind of our age, you know, millennials. Everyone's got these student loan debts. And it makes that first first few years of working you know difficult when you're, you' know, you're working on an entry-level salary and all this stuff. And it's a problem that is really, I think exacerbated by publishing because you've got um, jobs that are relatively low paying compared to all the you know college educated industries you know in America. Um, it's entirely based in the most, Maybe it's the second most expensive, I don't know how expensive San San Francisco Francisco, is. But it's all this industry is almost entirely based in Manhattan, um, where everything is through the roof expensive. Um, And it's a place where most of the employees um, are coming from very expensive colleges. And so, what this represents to me, I think it's a really good thing, is it represents a chance um, to play with that math a little bit. You're going to get to see, you know, when the publishing has this problem where. Not everyone can afford to pursue a career in it because it's, there's too much overhead. There's too much, um, you know, the the bar to actually even get into the field. It's too high because you can't you can't really live in New York City on an entry level publishing salary in any kind of real way, especially if you've got student loans. Um, and I, I don't know. I think it's gonna it's gonna open the door for a lot more people who n- didn't necessarily have access to an industry yeah. that desperately, desperately needs um, new people, new voices, yeah, new, a more diverse of, background. You know, mm-hmm. at, from different races, economic classes. You know, people who aren't just you know English majors from rich families. You know, I think this is gonna be really good in that regard.
1: So I wonder if this collectively means because a lot of people who who go into their first publishing jobs yeah. um they're still really young like what you yeah. were 22 yeah. when you moved to new york right um i wonder if this will like let people eat more than just ramen and i wonder if everybody <laughs> in publishing is just going to grow like three inches yeah because they're going to be yeah. eating actual nutrients yeah <laughs> It is true.
0: That should be the headline of this article. Newsflash: People in publishing can afford dinner now. Um, No, I I think it's good, and especially you know, even thinking about it even further um, as part of this equation is most publishing. You know, it's an apprenticeship field, um, which means there's usually a period of an internship of some kind, and those internships pay minimum minimum wage.
1: Nothing. Like I, I most of my internships, and I had many. Yeah. I had nine total.
0: You had nine internships. I had nine.
1: What? One of what? them was paid. Wow. Not that's... I mean, not all of them were full time or sure, even like that's crazy twenty out. Yeah, so, I had nine.
0: Um so I had one. I had one internship. I when I was out in, in New York City, and it kind of speaks to what we're talking about here a little bit, um, I was someone who fits the original mold of who gets to be in publishing. I come from Um, A family that can afford for me to work a very low-paying internship for a few months before I get the real job in publishing, right? So I went out there, and I got this internship, and I got this—and it was going to last for three months was the idea. And I got this apartment in Brooklyn that my parents agreed to help me pay for while I was out there desperately seeking employment. And it just became this this thing, right, because I was so just— I don't even know what the word was for just so just every single day was like this primal struggle to like get the job because um i don't know i was you know i was living completely unsustainably right mm. and i remember um you know hurricane this was the this was when hurricane sandy hit there was this fall it was that what 2012 i think yeah sounds right um and I was working this stupid internship at Oxford University Press. Um, the internship is it wasn't stupid, and the press is, is fine. But like, but
1: the fact that it was an internship was stupid. Yes,
0: the the very fact that I was going there and working for forty hours a week for minimum wage at a you know and doing real job things. That's the thing with publishing, right? Is they just work interns. Like a normal entry level employee, and, yeah. and just cycle them out. You know, because you're yeah.
1: you, you're not going to learn because it's an apprenticeship based industry. You can't just like go to school right. for it. You got to yeah. learn it on the so, job.
0: So they they get you with that. But um, I remember uh, yeah, Hurricane Sandy hit, and we you know there was, like one day where we didn't go to work, and then the next day it was like you could go to work, but like it was like not recommended that you go to work. Mm. Except I was like totally warped in my head because I was under this, like, primal need to, you know, impress my boss. You know, this – and it was, like, this woman who was, like, three years older than me, I think. You know, like someone, you know, our age now. Um, And I was like, all right, I got to get there. So it took me, like, five – I remember – I'll never forget that day. I got up and um, I was down in – I was down across the river. So I was down in Brooklyn. And in order – all the subways were out. And I had to wait in a line for like four hours um, circling the Barclays Center, which is the big arena in in Brooklyn. And... Just to get on a bus for that,
1: four hours. Yeah. Oh yeah. So no, that I was, was up there most like, of the day. Yeah.
0: No, I was there like five. Well, I got up at five a.m. because I thought there. Yeah. Because like there was gonna be a problem. So I got to work. Actually, got to work on time. Really. Yeah. You got there I at
1: nine. Because I was the best
0: intern ever because I was terrified of this whole thing and we're gonna get to why this is relevant to this in a minute, but like I love this uh, story. No. And so we, you know, they dropped us off like somewhere in the, you know, Oxford is in. Uh, it's in Midtown. It's in the. It's on like 35th Street in Madison, and they dropped us off on like 23rd, and like all the lights were out. You know, it in this. You know, because electricity went out in the whole. You know, practically the whole part of the lower part of the city, and you're like wandering through this ice just so that I could go to this stupid internship where I was. You know, Not I mean, I was. I was, like, I was like copying things. You know what I mean? Like it wasn't even that big a deal, but like. That's how they. That's this thing they create this culture. Like it would have been, it was insane that I went to work this day. Like most of the real employees weren't there, but because they weren't like fighting every day to have a job, it. You know, I I don't know. It's just it warps your perspective. And my point here is that even I had to do that, and I come from a background that is you know it's pre, it's pretty it's pretty well off. Like I am someone who is able to go into publishing, you know, paradigmatically. And my hope is that this, it creates a situation where more people, or that opportunity to kind of go work in books, it's more open. It's more diverse. It's like, it's like we just said. I mean, I just think that the chance for, you know, a publishing house to start paying, helping with student loans and doing things like that, it's such a great benefit because it changes the math for so many people and
1: i didn't go to new york because i couldn't afford right, exactly. it exactly and that's why i had nine internships because every you know it took three remote internships to equal one yeah. at an actual new york yeah. press you know so yeah. i like and i have very distinct memories of you know being fresh out of college and you know i moved home yeah and you know i was i was You know, like should have been enjoying my summer and like working on my resume or whatever. But like I had these awful, awful internships where, you know, people would just throw me works or work or books. And, you know, I had a day to read a book and write a report on it about whether or not it should be acquired. And I had like all of this, like lots of writing back covers and lots of doing all of this, like really obnoxious grunt work that who knows how long it takes. And I remember um I remember one day just working from home and I remember being exhausted and I remember going to bed and laying in bed going, why am I so tired? All I did was work today. And then I sat down, I like did the math in my head as I was laying there and realized that I had worked for 14 hours straight and I hadn't eaten anything and I hadn't taken a break and I hadn't done anything
0: and for what you know like you weren't really paid Nothing. for that i mean you weren't you weren't even considered a full-time employee and the, that's the thing it's like the model of entry level publishing so frequently has it just they it's simply a model of not paying the entry level employees and because the inter, the interns often i mean they for all in real effect i mean they are you know every publishing house subsists on interns and so you know, circling it back to this idea that Penguin is going, Penguin Random House, excuse me, is going to start, you know, helping with loans and help making this math better. I mean, it's like maybe it's going to have ramifications for you know some of this model that kind of requires cheap, underpaid label, and labor. And what gets
1: published? Yeah. But there's, you know, there's one really interesting thing to take into consideration. As, so Penguin Random House.
0: Well, so hold, hold on a second. Oh, yeah. Because you said something interesting. There.
1: I did. You oh. Did. <laughs> Well, imagine <laughs> well, you that. You,
0: we, 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 I think we threw it away too fast. You say that you think that this sort of thing, that relieving student loans and maybe potentially broadening the amount of people and the type of people who can then feasibly look at a career in publishing and say that that could work for me. I could do that. I could go live that life for a while and make that work financially and in every other way. You think that's going to change what kind? You think that might change what gets published?
1: I do. Why? I, because, because. You know, as much as we talk about publishing being a business, uh-huh. it like acquiring a book is inherently personal. Yeah. Like it doesn't make it to the the acquisition editorial meeting where the salespeople decide if it's a good investment or, you know, the, the marketing people try to see if there's an angle like that doesn't happen unless the acquisitions editor believes in the book. Right. And different people from different backgrounds are going to connect differently with content. Mm -hmm. And, you know, like I, you know, thinking back on the national book awards, like I'm not convinced, you know, (laughs) none of the people that won, none of these people had debut books. And I'm just wondering, like, colson whitehead talks very very frankly about how you know just as a writer it took him about 15 like this is a this book has been he's been thinking about writing for yeah. about 16 years yeah and then he just didn't like have the ability to write it but think about like the person who would have the ability to write a book like this as their debut novel yeah like that book might not be acquired yet they might have to do something else first yeah. and then you know, and then, you know, build up the reputation and then do a book like that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I, I think the point is that, you know, what, along with that is if you make if you broaden the net for who gets to be an editor, you're going to get more tastes involved. Yeah. Right. I mean, it's it's that kind of thinking. It's if the only people who ever get to work in publishing are um, rich, upper class English majors with expensive college degrees then that's going to, you know, in an industry specific, that is specifically so based on worldview and taste, that's going to affect things. That's, that's going to create a very narrow frame for what books are considered good. And, you know, we always we talk a lot about the canon and things like that. Like, I feel like this sort of stuff, I think I think it could widen that. And this is kind of that first little step. Um, and it's, you know, and it's a small thing to be clear. I mean, you know, $9,000
1: over an eight year. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I mean, but it's not nothing And 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 the precedent I think is really good and, but it could widen that, um, it could widen that editorial net and it could widen, you know, from there even into, you know, all the other aspects of publishing too. But I guess that's the part that I get most excited about or even like agenting too you know if an agency were to pick up this sort of thing because you get people who want to take a chance on writers that people from my worldview or people from someone else you know like me you know they just wouldn't find those authors yet maybe and i I don't know i think there's a chance to i think there's a chance to really um change publishing by affecting the economics a little bit there's there's
1: one thing also that makes it really interesting that penguin random house is doing this right now is that in just a few weeks, there's this national overtime law that's going into effect. Yeah. So if you don't know about this, um, it's a huge deal in publishing right now. But basically, there's this loophole in the the federal work laws that yeah. say, you know, if you're a salaried employee, if you're a manager of some sort, you don't get overtime. Mm-hmm. If you make under a certain amount. And it's like f- something ridiculous, like $47,000. Sure. Or wait, no, it's higher than that. It's going to be $47,000. Mm-hmm. So basically, they're changing this law saying that, you know, starting starting in just a couple of weeks, if you are salaried and a manager making under a certain amount of money, you still get overtime after a certain point. Mm-hmm. And, you know, if you're just a plain old salary employee, you get set, you get overtime no matter what basically yeah. and so this is like there was a there were all these articles when this law first passed about people talking and publishing about how this is going to like ruin publishing well, and yeah, like certain, it is ruin certain literary agencies like went on record saying like this was horrible because they can't get through their work without unpaid interns
0: right no i mean that it's it's sounds yeah no pay, if if publishers had and agencies had to pay their employees overtime that they work nothing would ever get done because every book gets read at home after work. Every book gets edited at home after work. Like, editors don't edit in, at their desks, you know? They do all this other garbage. Like, you know, it's, not, it's not garbage. I'm thinking about it as garbage because I remember <laughs> being mad about it when I was doing it. But, like, um, all this other stuff, like dealing with other employees and, like, you know, other departments and all this kind of thing. Um, but all the editing and all the reading and all the stuff that actually goes into like deciding what books get published, none of that happens at your desk in a publishing job. It's all overtime. So like the idea and it's all and it's all expected that you're gonna do it. So like the idea that a publisher would have to start paying for the work, the hours worked, it's it's very alarming to them.
1: Yeah, <laughs> because
0: they've been subsisting on free labor, and a lot of it's just like the internship thing.
1: Yeah, and, and Penguin Random House is no know, knowing that that's coming, and they're still throwing money at student loans.
0: No, it's good. It's good, and I I think this is I think this is a really nice step, and it's a really good step to see from the biggest place. You know, a lot of the time, you know, little bits of progress like this happen from maybe you know, a smaller house or a smaller company that wants to kind of make a point of doing something as sort of a gesture as opposed to a true business decision. But like, um, you know, clearly, the, you know, the biggest company, the, the one that kind of you would think would be the most commercially and bottom line focused is making this kind of choice. And I hope that it means um, good things for who gets to play and when, you know. Yeah.
1: I, I, d- I mean, the important question, though, that stands is, like, is this the end of the house parties in, like, the white guy in dad's apartment? <laughs> <laughs> there
0: is a lot. There are a lot of people in dad's apartment in publishing. And that's and that's the thing right now, right? It's, like, it's, I mean, I guess, you know, going back to what we were talking about, like, um, people, when you only hire people who can afford to be in publishing, You end up with people who don't actually technically need jobs in the kind of way that most people think of needing a job for. Like you, you know, you get a job to pay your expenses, right? I like to eat. To live, right? Exactly. But a lot of people, and this is going to sound kind of weird to say, a lot of people in publishing could quit their job with no ramification at any point. Does that make sense? Because I mean, intellectually,
1: it makes sense, yeah. but like not like, really. It's, no, it's
0: a lot of people who have that kind of safety net to fall back on at any point, And they wouldn't barely probably wouldn't even have to like leave Manhattan. They could, you know, because they're not paying for their their stuff anyway. So it's like, um, I don't know, is it <laughs> is the student loan repayment the end of getting to hang out in someone's dad's apartment. I don't know.
1: Are, I, I mean, mean are dad's apartments good? Like oh, are yeah. they really nice? Like, like do they have like marble floors? Some
0: places you get so you get some really good stuff in Manhattan. Are there doormen? For, I mean that's the thing. It's like, oh well I had a doorman that one time. I was living in a very small little um I had like four. Um I know my <laughs> my roommates listen to this too. They're probably laughing right now. But um I had like I don't I didn't have a window. I was in it, that's little,
1: illegal. That's like you can't have okay, a bedroom okay, without a okay, window. Okay, okay.
0: I had a small, tiny little window in a fake wall that looked into the room next to mine.
1: I'm not sure that that but, counts.
0: But no, not like a window facing out, absolutely not. Um, no, it was crazy. Um, it was great. But and you I, had a there room, was like though. just enough room for like a bed. Like all we fit in there was my bed and my desk and they were like next to each other. Was like, it
1: like a twin bed? No, maybe it was a
0: full. It was okay. a full. So um, still like a little kid bed. A full well, that's a debate for another day. But <laughs> <laughs> I have a grown man and a full is just fine um, <laughs> um anyway, so back on track here. um student loan payments from from penguin good,
1: very right. good, very
0: good. We We're, paying
1: our student loan payments I, in Minnesota approve
0: yeah, no, I, I think that it's I think that it's a chance for the start of that kind of thinking you know this is not this can't be the be all end all because it's really not that big of a thing but i really like the direction yeah that it, that it puts things in. it's a nice it's a nice progressive gesture from publishing it's like so finally you, yeah you very rarely see publishing at the front of this sort of stuff and it's really i mean i was reading around it's not really the front of you know like a lot of companies pay you know do this sort of thing you know there's not ever in books so it's like it's finally nice to See someone in the book world decide that this is something that we need to do because too often we are the least progressive in our um, in the way imp- uh, companies handle their employees. So
1: well, I, I have something else that we need to do yeah. if we're ready to move on.
0: I I feel like we what so let's just make sure student loans payments good. Check. All right, good. Check. That's the official take here.
1: Yeah, <laughs> absolutely, right. absolutely. The gong has been rung, folks. The gong has been rung. Okay, so here's the thing. Tell OK. The thing. Uh, Eric and beautiful listeners, you know that I am an awful, selfish person. Correct. <laughs> <laughs> so here's the thing: There are a lot of agents who mm-hmm. have been verified
0: Ver- on oh, Twitter God.
1: <laughs> Oh, Eric is just wait, rubbing wait, wait. his eyes wait, now. Wait,
0: wait, wait. So um go on, go there on. There are
1: seven that I found in my like two minute long search. Uh-huh. And I don't like that because yeah. because um because I'm selfish and and I too want to have a so blue check mark next you, to my name.
0: <laughs> so you're mad right now. That there's a little blue check mark next to some other agents on the internet yes, in their Twitter page. And that,
1: that means they're influencers?
0: Oh <laughs> well then butter my ass and call me a biscuit. We've got some influencers on our hand. Yes. God so. damn it.
1: So here's my uh, here's my worry, Eric.
0: What so you need to what you're saying is you need to be an influencer. Yes. And you're not an influencer. what is an influencer? I'm
1: not an influencer until Twitter tells me I What's am. What's an influencer? I'm not entirely certain.
0: We don't know what an influencer is. I don't know,
1: is. but it's something that's important. But we know
0: that we need to have it yes because there's a little blue mark because that comes next to
1: i name. i am a selfish shrew of a woman wow and so here's the thing here's my fear eric yeah so a really good friend of mine who is an agent uh-huh. who is twitter verified
0: oh wow has so an in- he, so he's an influencer
1: he's an influencer and you're not no okay shut up
0: oh well i'm, I'm um, not either i'm so, not an influencer well, we I'm know like-
1: that <laughs> <laughs> Okay. So so this friend of mine has an adorable dog who happens to be a corgi
0: uh-huh.
1: um, named Augie. Okay. So he created a fake Twitter account for his dog called yeah. Agent Augie. So it's all about this like... Him like posting about like from the dog's perspective about like being a dog agent. So the
0: dog is li- in this in this construct of the dog is the literary. Yes.
1: Agent. So it's agent. And Auggie. this dog
0: has a is it has a Twitter account.
1: Yes. And so like people people <laughs> oh, are like sending it. him fan art and like people <laughs> he, and people are like photoshopping their book covers to like put a corgi on it mm-hmm. and like rename mm-hmm. it.
0: Yeah. So this dog. Would you say that this dog is is an influencer?
1: Well, I well so here's the thing. This, this dog has only had an account since August, uh-huh. and they have almost a 1,000 Twitter followers. Okay. So um, I'm very scared that they're going to become an influencer.
0: Before you do. Before me. So if the, if the fake Corgi agent becomes gets the little blue mark next to the name before I'm you do. I'm swallowing my uh, tongue.
1: Like that's what's happening. So <laughs> Okay,
0: so how do we we gotta get you the market? How do we do it? We well, gonna, okay. That can be the thing. So
1: I looked it up. Yeah. So I oh, looked oh, it up.
0: Yeah, we, I'm sure we've done extensive research. And on how to you're
1: a really good friend for um, putting up with this because you're rolling your eyes so hard right now. So I looked it up, and apparently you just like ask Twitter to verify you.
0: Oh, you just There's like, like send, a form. You send in a form? Oh, There's I'm, just a yeah, form. Okay.
1: So like it includes like, I mean, it's almost as rigorous as Uber. You Uh have to, like, send them a picture of your ID to, like, confirm Uh your identity. Uh So it's almost as good as, like, driving strangers around. Are you an Uber driver? No. But I'm chatty with Uber drivers. Uh Uh-huh. So, you know, you have to, like, verify your identity. You have to have your public, like, your birthday public, and you have to have, like, a website and all that jazz, which I do. Sure. Um... But then you have to explain, like in like a short answer section. Oh,
0: so we have to justify your existence yeah, to it the says, gods. it
1: says, "Tell us why this account should be verified," and the limit is five hundred characters. Uh-huh. So that's three and a half tweets worth of reasons. Uh huh. So here's what I have so far.
0: Oh, yeah. So tell me, tell me why you're an influencer. Here's what why? I have so far. Yeah.
1: I have photogenic cats.
0: Well, that does that. So that's a key one for Book Twitter. Because that seems to be the only – thats as far as I can tell, that's the only thing that isn't a book that people in publishing like. So the fact that you have a cat probably is is a good stroke in your favor because um, there seems to be two interests in, in the book world and that's books and then like cats with like books on You're their You're missing head. one. What's that?
1: Tea. <laughs> and do you know what? Do you know what, Eric. I have you
0: do I have a collection
1: do. of literary themed teas that I did last year when I needed to stop drinking so much beer so I made tea blends instead
0: oh so this so I just thought you were like being nice and turns out you were like fighting off your own alcoholism Shh.
1: I just needed to like <laughs> not gain 20 pounds over the winter like it was fine like yeah. it was cold so we got some tea so yeah. so Eric even has one of his own
0: okay so we've got we've got cats we've got tea
1: um I don't have that many typos in my tweets that's good um, so that, i feel
0: like a, yeah okay so that's something.
1: i also can always figure <coughs> out why ya twitter is angry
0: okay so that's good so like yeah no a key part of being an influencer is being able to like takes a bunch of like misplaced internet rage and just kind of like direct it onto your own page and then like pretend you're the most outraged one mm-hmm. like it's very important for you to be the most mad and yes, what, I or, think that you you are you are good and at, like
1: doing a lot of like signal boosting and like having people like listen to me because I'm in a position of power. I'm using air quotes right now yeah, because well, I'm you a have super to, special you agent. You have
0: to like in, you have to insert yourself by saying how much you're not inserting yourself. You know, like I thought
1: that was just a white person. Yeah, thing. yeah you've
0: got to like you've got to like quote. You know, you know you've got to like find the thread about people being angry about whatever injustice has happened to them and then be, be like. You know, quote it under your own feed and be like, "Well, it's you know, I'm just listening. I'm just listening. I'm not actually saying anything because I know I'm not involved here, but I'm just listening." Like sometimes need- <laughs> I
1: get mad too. Yeah. Sometimes I get mad oh, do you- too.
0: Yeah, you go on those rants sometimes. I, it's I, good that you go on rants. They're
1: they're hashtagged. Hashtag pub rant. Oh, Look them up.
0: Oh my god, this is how you got muted. This is how you got. I muted. I thought
1: I'm not allowed to be muted. I just decided that I'm not allowed to be mute. <laughs> Eric mutes me all the time, which I say that isn't allowed because we have a podcast uh, together. Oh man. It's like, yeah. Eric.
0: Every time this is the thing, every time, every time I unmute you, it's like, time for another pub rant. And then it's like one slash out of 19 tweets that are coming. And it's like, nope, nope. She's going, just going back under. <laughs> <laughs> You know what you should talk about? You know what you should talk what? about? What? You should talk about that time so in your in your little 500 characters. Yes. You should talk about that time that you got Chris Pratt to like feel sad yeah. about using the phrase uh well spirit, spirit animal? animal. Right? Yeah. yeah. Yeah, so yeah, Laura once shamed Chris Pratt into apologizing for I'm um, using the phrase spirit animal, which yeah. was really something. That was it, quite oh, a day. Okay, so that I... That was your most influential moment, Oh, maybe. my
1: God. Okay, so this this story, you guys. So I was home alone on Thursday nights. That's the night that my 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 partner is on pool league. So I, like, have my nice, like, bachelor nights. I, like, get some good food. I watch some Doctor Who. Like, where you Troll scroll Troll the internet Twitter. looking for yep. bad
0: appropriation.
1: Yep. So I was trolling the <laughs> internet, and I followed Chris Pratt, because why would you not follow Star-Lord? And... I and he said something about Bryce Dallas Howard like somebody said something about them not liking not each other yeah. and then he responded and he was like no she's my spirit animal and then I responded back to him really quickly and I was like hey just so you know like that's like that's a deeply sacred term for a lot of like living cultures like you should maybe not like you should use Patronus instead because like oh
0: that's so, and so pause pause I want you to finish the story in a second, but the the Patronus thing. Yes, that's the other key. This is also why you're an influencer, is because you're referencing Harry Potter for fucking everything
1: to Chris Pratt. Like,
0: yeah, yeah. Actually, this is this is actually the most influential thing that could ever possibly happen on Twitter, which is you providing an appropriation alternative to a celebrity using Harry Potter. That's the Done. most book Twitter thing I can think of. Like, maybe you can make like a little listicle about it or something, you know, and talk about how you know whatever public figure is or isn't Dumbledore, but the, the Morgan
1: pr- Freeman <laughs> <laughs>
0: um, but the fact that we have now invoked it would now that we yeah so we're good okay um, so i did
1: that and then chris pratt retweeted me and said like is she joking like i can't tell oh, yeah, like yeah, yeah, yeah. i think it was just because he's never heard that before and was just like why is this woman like talking about you're, harry potter
0: you're the you're the one who who brought appropriation and then to chris and Pratt's then attention. and
1: then i responded to him really quickly and said no 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 like it's it's just it means the same thing and like there's a cool test you can take online to figure out what yours <laughs> is and like you know i was trying to keep it light Trying to keep it light, trying to keep it fun because you don't know unless somebody yeah, then, tells you. Yeah, okay,
0: but so then then the horde came from you.
1: The horde came, and I was yeah. just, like sitting there trying to good. watch my doctor. That Who, was a good day. And and then I just like I remember sending you a text <laughs> message, and I was like, I did a bad thing, <laughs> Eric. I did a bad thing. You should and then, have sent. What
0: you should have sent is I was hashtag influencing. <laughs> that would have been better.
1: Yeah. So because you were,
0: you so were making this, a lot of people mad. So this that day.
1: horde comes for me. Yeah. And like they, they came for me for about two months, but really it was the worst <laughs> imagine, for like a few imagine,
0: days. Imagine being mad for two months out for two straight months that a stranger told Chris Pratt not to use a more respectful term on Twitter. And, imagine like stewing about that for two straight and, like,
1: months. The yeah, yeah, like people were really not as mean as I was expecting, but like surprisingly um Emphatic.
0: They were focused. They were yeah. very focused,
1: yeah. and I was like, "Man, yeah. like people were digging through my old tweets. <laughs> people were like talking like about. By the way, people were people talking like going about
0: going <laughs> back and like looking at shit I said like three years ago. People were yeah. talking
1: about how like I always censor speech because I'm a literary agent and it's mm-hmm. my job. Yeah. Which is not my job. So even, by all the, the best, way. better
0: though. Listen, list, they're calling you an influencer. Clearly, Didn't that, isn't that what that person Clearly. said? Clearly, but then yeah.
1: here's the best thing. So yeah. I've got all of these people mad at me on Twitter, yeah, yeah, and the yeah. next day I get engaged. <laughs> so then we post about it on Facebook. So yeah. everybody on Facebook yeah. is really happy for me, and everybody for on Twitter wants me to jump off a cliff. Right,
0: right, right. Yeah.
1: And then I get a direct message from Chris Pratt, who has since followed got me. Got
0: DM'd. Got yeah, DM'd I got by DM'd Pre- by Chris. This is all that needs to go in the bi- in the little section that we're going to send should. Twitter. I should. Chris how- DM'd me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And he
1: was like, hey, I'm <clears throat> sorry. I didn't actually know this. Um, I hope people are treating you okay, but thanks for letting me know about this. So, like, basically, he did some Google and was like, oh, okay, she's right. And then realized <laughs> that he had sent the hordes on me. So I responded back and I said, you know, it's okay. I just don't want you to be, like... Taken down for this later because you don't know unless somebody tells you. And you responded that, back.
0: I bet that Corgi didn't get a DM from Chris Pratt. I don't think so. Yeah,
1: I don't think that Corgi is followed yeah. by anybody except for maybe Tay Diggs. Well, and you and me. Yeah, you're right. Oh, damn it. Yeah, I should mute. No, I you shouldn't. Should it's mute so him. cute. It's so cute. <laughs> damn it. Um, He's
0: too influential.
1: Yeah, but so anyway, Chris Pratt, like, and then, you know, I told Chris Pratt, I was like, hey, is there any way you can, like, maybe stop this anger <laughs> no, towards me because work. I just that got was engaged. A, that
0: was a silly thing to ask. And he responded back,
1: and yep. he told me that there was nothing to be done, yeah, but that he gonna... was very happy for me and wished me all the best. So... Um, Eric, I haven't told you this, but he's standing right up there next to you for the wedding.
0: Oh wow, yeah, Chris Pratt's coming to the wedding. Yep. That's great. You're yeah. gonna be
1: standing right yeah, before yeah, yeah. him. Like okay. he's at the okay. end yeah. of the bridal party. Yeah. 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 That's so awesome. we don't I don't know him all that well.
0: That's gonna be good. So like a
1: little bit. We've DM'd a few times.
0: Yeah, good. Yeah. So
1: I, so is that why so okay, I should put that that's a good <laughs> idea. I should put that in my application.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. Get this all get this all in there. Get the part about how you're good at making all the book people mad and showing about how mad you are about the yep. book things. Um, yeah, get the part that you were, you know, you told Chris Pratt off. Um, the fact that you have cats is really good, is really good for books. I also um, have
1: hermit crabs.
0: Oh, that's good. Are you, well, is it good?
1: I don't think it's good.
0: That might be a knock against you because I like, live in an not...
1: artist community. Oh. That's not that's, no, not, no, good no, no, that's not good either. That's just an inf- that's, insufferable. Yeah,
0: don't do that. Don't okay. don't ever mention that again.
1: Um, I have a podcast.
0: Also, well, I uh, that. Are we influential? I feel like we're really not yet. Like I maybe mean, someday. He, we you know once have... we hop the stupid New York Times list. Like I'm tired of this. Like Eric, go review us on iTunes so we can be. We only we're
1: not influential because we have under fifteen <laughs> reviews on iTunes yeah, right sure. now. We have nine. So yeah. if six of you yeah, yeah. want to see me verified on Twitter, because I'll tell you what listeners of print run here's what we're gonna do if i become verified on twitter to fill Cry my greedy greedy heart no we're gonna
0: we're gonna make fun of that corgi
1: well yes yeah but, i'm gonna
0: go right for the corgi but yeah, that's be eric
1: great. is going to read 50 shades what? of gray on. online <laughs> or on on air oh, okay whatever okay you're gonna read some 50 shades of gray right. if i get verified on twitter so if you want to see that happen you listen to how fun it was when I lost the Man Booker Award bet and then I had to read Jonathan Franzen's yeah. The Corrections. Yeah. Think about Eric reading like a really badly written BDSM sex
0: Excuse scene. me. Excuse me. Badly written?
1: It's terribly written. Is it? Yes. <laughs> It's awful.
0: How can this book? So I don't understand that. Now, now we have to talk about this for a second. <laughs> like what? It's badly written. Oh, it's people terrible. People love this book. People think this is like the greatest like bit it's, of smut that's ever existed. It's, you, we, it's
1: cute that this, you like, think that really popular books have to be well written.
0: It's no, no, no. None of this gotcha journalism by you <laughs> over there.
1: <laughs> no, it's terribly um, written. It's terribly written. But
0: the sex scenes aren't good. Why is it? So, why did people like it then? It, That's probably, because it's Twilight fan fiction. Is that, it's like, a long, is that fiction. like a long, annoying conversation about No, it's, it's about Twilight why, yeah. fan
1: fiction. So it jumped <clears throat> on the Twilight train, but it was dirty. And it was originally, um, f- like, it was fan fiction. It was published serially, and then it was self-published. And then it, like, got a following of people uh-huh. who read fan fiction. So yeah. are okay with, you yeah. know, generally poorly yeah. written stuff. Right. And then it, like, hit the wave, and then it became great. Okay, but, so, like, no, it's terrible.
0: Okay, so this is this is what I'm going to read. I'll find a good passage.
1: I'll find a good passage.
0: Uh, <laughs> actually, you know, you do get to pick, you're right. Um Yeah, so once we get you your coveted blue check mark, you know, it's like I I think, you know, I was thinking about this. It was like it's like that Dr. Seuss book, you know, the the Star Bellied Sneeches.
1: I've yeah. never heard oh of my this gosh. Dr. Seuss I know I,
0: I Okay, the first thing to know about me is that I reference the star bellied Sneetches <laughs> in every possible opportunity <laughs> <laughs> because I think they are the great parable of our time. Uh,
1: <laughs> More so than the Lorax?
0: Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, these guys are great. But, like, you know, there's like a bunch of these little guys, and like half of them have like stars, you know, stars on, their on their bellies. And they think they're better than the ones who don't have the stars on their bellies. And it's like, oh, wow, this is like a great commentary on multiculturalism
1: i have a star um, belly on my Sneech. wait that's dirty <laughs>
0: oh god
1: <laughs> damn it dr uh, seuss that damn it dr that seuss was
0: an, we need okay so the other thing we need to figure out while we're figuring out if <laughs> while we're figuring out um how to get you verified can you also look up how to get like the explicit tag on itunes because we're gonna need that um, yeah but um <laughs> wow well here we are huh um, I blame you for this. Is, is I blame you. You are the you're the sneech who wants the star. And it doesn't mean anything in the end. Spoiler alert. Sorry if you haven't read this awesome book, but your childhood sucked. <laughs> um but you're the one who needs the star and I want we're going to the... get you that star. Uh, yes. Cuz we're going to just embrace the pettiness and then we're going to put
1: <laughs> I I I feel like sometimes That my job lets me be a really good person and most of the time my job just like lets me engage in like the pettiest, like high schooliest desires. Oh, yeah. No, I've been
0: been steadily becoming a worse person for like the last four years. It's really good.
1: But we're funnier. Well, yeah.
0: Yeah. You know. You take what you (laughs) can get.
1: (laughs) So so if you review (coughs) us on iTunes, you help me become an influencer and I'm going to take these notes. Honestly,
0: if the only if the only reason you're thinking of reviewing us on iTunes is to help Laura become an influencer, please don't review us on iTunes. No, it like. was to
1: get you to read Fifty Shades of Grey.
0: Okay, I guess that's a that's a reason.
1: Yeah. So I'm gonna take these notes and I'm gonna format my application, mm-hmm. uh, and then we'll yeah. report back.
0: Yeah, yeah. So there's like, how often can you apply? Like, if you don't get it this I time, I think can like we
1: constantly. Like-
0: yeah, no, that's good. I want to I spam them with you. Can, I, can, can I, I fill out applications for you? Yes. Oh, that's going to be good. Yeah. Can
1: can I create like a Google Doc to help like get the 500 <laughs> characters just perfectly right with oh, you? Can yeah, we do yeah, that? Yeah, that'll be good. Okay. I'll, definitely,
0: I'll clear my schedule tomorrow. I'll just cancel a bunch oh, of Oh, no, meetings. we'll just
1: do it on Thanksgiving. You can say goodbye to football.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I don't need to hang out with my family. Um, no, you I see instead, them enough. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, instead we can figure out how to put a little mark next to your name that I'm still not sure what it does but...
1: I'm not sure either, but I want it. Yeah, but you
0: need it. They I told, need it. They, they ascribed value to it. I need and it. And now you have to have it. I need it.
1: It's like waiting in line for, like, electronics you don't even want that much on Black Friday. Right. Like, you just need them because Very it's...
0: Very timely. Very timely Thank metaphor. Thank you. Metaphor that's coming up.
1: Thank you. Yes. Yeah. Yes. Wow. Yes, it is.
0: Yeah, wow. You are an influencer. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> Eric, give the people their pub tip.
0: <laughs> okay. So we, we're done for this, for this show. Um, so we'll end with um a pub tip as you say um and i figure i figure this time you know it's it's about queries and the key here is just don't bury your lead like don't start your query letter you know i get so many of these things that say like dear eric or dear mr Hain or dear who are sometimes you get like a lot of wrong names you know um And and then you have like 18 rhetorical questions and a bunch like what if this was true or what if this was true. It's like the movie phone guy wrote your query. People people do like the movie trailer thing and it's like no.
1: no Imagine a world.
0: In a world where. And then it's like just like some very like normal thing that. um, The point though is that don't like try to get original in your formatting or your pitch or your, you know, play coy or like do anything other than clearly and succinctly. Tell me what the book is and is well written. And I I know we keep saying that, but it's like you'd be so shocked at how like many how far up your odds of getting a requested material. I would uh, say
1: it gets you into the top ten percent. I
0: honestly, and this is gonna this is gonna get me in trouble for saying this. I request literally everything that has a well written email in it. And wow. No, 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 no. But it's that sounds like a lot of things, but there's so few. Like it's like that's a pretty high bar a lot of the time. But it's like if it's, like, a cogent, reasonable email, it sounds like someone who and knows professional. what they're doing. And like, yeah, it's, like, has, like, put some thought into it. But, like, the point is that they get right to it. They just tell you what the book is.
1: Yeah. Because and, because at the end of the day, your idea will speak for itself as long as we know what that idea yeah. is. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, your, your email to us doesn't need to be yeah. fancy because your idea is fancy.
0: Right. Yeah. I like it. These are really simple. And I know that a lot of people who maybe haven't queried before are, like, well that seems really straightforward and it is. It is straightforward. But like you have no idea how many emails we get that are just like nonsense.
1: Like people people want to stand <laughs> out, but the thing is is like standing out is yeah. not good.
0: Just write clearly. Just write clearly. Mm. I don't know. That's so that simple. If
1: you want to know more about that, you can listen to our <coughs> query show on December fifteenth, where we're gonna be harping on that even more. Yeah. Um thank you so much for joining us. To this episode of Print Run and for mm-hmm. this very news filled episode of Print Run. Yeah. Filled Again. Filled with something. I,
0: Just some snitches full of something here. <laughs> <laughs> that that was inappropriate.
1: It it Dr. Seuss, God damn it. Um, all right. So submit your queries and first pages to us at printrunpodcast at gmail.com. Become a Patreon supporter to tune in to our special December episodes. Remember, we are taking next week off. Yeah, It was great to be with you this week. Please have a good time with your families or not with your families with Turkey or not with Turkey. We don't care with football. meh, Probably not except for Eric.
0: I'm OK. Don't. You don't get to like be like, oh, look at Eric. He's the only one in America watching football on Thanksgiving. Like you are the one. Who- you're
1: the only one I know. Yeah. So we'll get some more friends. You're you're standing in for everybody. Okay. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. We will see you the Tuesday after next.
0: Bye.